Welcome to the She's Illuminated podcast with me, Ellie Loves. I'm a breathwork healer and advocate for women, not just finding their voice, but using it. Through the breath, I help people get unstuck and get energized to heal the most important relationship you have with yourself. Sometimes all it takes is a conversation or an idea to light the touch paper and begin the process. This podcast is an invitation to get curious, inspired, and become the most authentic, fearless, expressed version of you. So come on, let's get illuminated. So welcome to part two, where my guest is Nazreen El-Marish. Naz is an empowerment and relationship coach, helping professional women fall back in love with their life and their relationship. Her unique style of transformational coaching helps women to change their belief systems, connect with their heart, and take the starring role in their life. She's also the co-founder of Tonic Retreats and events director at Wellbeing by the Lakes, an annual boutique wellness festival in Dorset. So in part two, we talk about reaching that point in life when your mind body is screaming at you to do something different. When you finally accept that you need to make changes in your relationship, job or life, however painful. I share my own experience of therapy and getting help when I most needed it. Naz talks about how transformational coaching can empower you to listen to your heart and do what's right for you, whether that's to stay in the relationship and find happiness and get your needs met, to leave knowing your worth and be at peace with your decision, and how to navigate co-parenting with compassion and confidence. We talk about how when making a decision feels impossible, don't make it until you're really making it from a solid place how transformational coaching can really help you in all areas of life. As she shares a simple but powerful exercise to get a visceral yes or no in the body. And we talk about if one person is unhappy in a relationship, that it's likely that both are. We talk about how it just takes one person in the relationship to do the work for you both to benefit. And that growth is in the discomfort as we step out of the shadows and into our truth. And that's where the magic really happens. Finally, Naz shares a really powerful meditation exercise for getting clarity. Enjoy. So welcome back to the second part of this delicious, juicy conversation with Naz. And we in the first half were talking about when you get to that point in life when you feel things aren't working and that you need to do something to change, but you don't know what. And what often happens is, is that you go to the nearest thing and place most of your discontent and happiness on that so that actually you probably believe that that's the reason for all your unhappiness and that actually you need to change that and that would be the answer. And Naz spoke about it in the first part about being in a relationship and was just pointing everything to her partner and sort of saying, you know, questioning whether or not that was it. And this is something that I also can really um, relate to because I remember at that point that I described in the beginning or in part one, was just feeling as though I just felt like a fish out of water and I just wanted to get out of how I was feeling and I, and I guess there had been parts of my relationship that I hadn't resolved or parts of my relationship where I wasn't fully expressing myself and mm-hmm. I was thinking this is it and here I am feeling the same feelings over and over and over again here I am going into one of my funny turns not funny turns but one of my funny cycles that seem to happen every few weeks. And then I go around the same old rat runs. Then I managed to lift myself out of it. And then I come back to the same rat run again. And it seemed like a bit of a pattern. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to speak to an amazing GP at the time. 
who just said, look, I think you should go speak to somebody. So I went to go and do some therapy, which was brilliant for me at the time, because I feel like I was working on a lot of old stuff too. But I think that possibly if I hadn't left it that long, I probably would have gone for coaching because I think the longer you leave it, the more likely that your mental health is really going to suffer and you're going to probably need some therapy or, you know, I talk about, we talk about medication and it's not for everybody, but every time you say that, you know, somebody, you know, has been, had their life saved by it and, you know, and I went on medication and I'm still reducing that now after many, many years. So I think what I really wanted to share at the beginning was, was this beautiful statement that my therapist made. And she said to me, I said, I think it's my marriage. I think it's my marriage. I think, you know, as I, as I poured out my story, first of all, and Naz just remembered me telling her this, it's such a lovely statement. She said to me, Ellie, you're not a reliable witness. <laughs> so when I said, and another thing, and another I love thing, it. she went, well, I'm going to tell you now that you're not a reliable witness because you're not well, you know, you've got yourself not you've got yourself you're finding yourself in a place where you're not feeling well so what we're going to do is we are going to stop all discussion of making a decision and I don't want you to do one single thing now don't want you to do anything don't want you to talk about your health to your husband about how uh where you think it's going whatever I want you to do absolutely nothing and then we're going to go through this process together then if after all of that you decide that that's what you need to do then we'll work through this together and I will help guide you you'll do everything you need to do but you don't need to do a single thing right now. And the pressure, I mean, I could cry just thinking about it now because I felt everything is leading up to this. Yeah. This is it. How am I going to cope? This isn't what I want. I know that, but I need to do something. This is the common denominator. Yes. Yes. And what a great metaphor, though, for making decisions. Because if the decision is not don't clear, make it. then don't make a decision yet. But we're so used to it. Well, something has to change, so I have to take action. But actually that taking action can look like taking a step back mm. and reassessing. And, and that's why it's so important. Your therapist sounds amazing that she created this space for you to go, it's this container over this period of time, you're going to have safety. We're going to explore some, some inner workings and you're going to start to feel like you know yourself. When you, when you start to feel like you know who you are and what's important to you and you start to recognise that the stories you've been telling yourself are just yeah. stories, then you can go, oh, okay, I get to choose intentionally what I want to do going forward and how I want to feel and who I want to be with and what I need in this relationship. And there's real magic in that. Um, and I say magic because once it's clicked in you, it just feel, it feels like a completely different perspective. You come, you show up differently yeah. in your marriage. And I wonder if, Ellie, did you notice... Did you notice differences oh in your God, marriage yes. just because you yes, had that relief? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I mean, we've been together now um, 26 years. So we've, we've been together longer than I was in this life alone. And I, particularly when I left therapy, but it started happening very quickly, I started being more sure about who I was, more sure about what I needed, more clear about how I asked mm -hmm. for it, knowing that if I didn't show up in my true, authentic, honest self, how was I going to get anything true and authentic and honest back if I was saying no that's not important to me yes it's important to me mm. oh my goodness you know the most important thing mm. is being honest with yourself and then the second most important thing is about being honest with others in and your it's life. not just your husband newsflash it's, no it's your it's, it's your, your friends actually you know it's your main, parents it's your workplace it's your boss yes and feeling empowered to speak your truth not from a you know this isn't a, 
carte blanche to sort of tell people exactly how you feel about them and to like completely round to road. This is about really yeah. owning your shit, owning your truth and being open and vulnerable and courageous enough to say to that person, you know, this is what I really need right now, or I'm doing this for me. And usually that might just mean being honest about the decisions and not feeling like you have to justify it to somebody else. Because how often do we feel like we've made decisions in our life because we should, because it was expected of us by our, by, by society, number one. And as a woman, we have that even more, but also by our parents or what our friends are doing. And we feel like we should do something because it makes logical sense again, but actually our heart is telling us something different. So absolutely do not make decisions until you feel like you you are making it from a solid place that you feel like you are that that decision yeah. feels good even if that decision yes, is challenging because that's the beauty yeah, isn't it difficult decisions can be diff- difficult you can make difficult decisions and feel sadness still but know that they're right yes yes yeah and that clarity yeah. comes so with awesome. getting very clear on what it is what you, that you want and that you need and you're going to share something really lovely with mm-hmm. us. You're going to share a meditation which you share with your clients that really helps you. Yes, I'll take definitely. This is great because I, you know, I think we spoke in part one about your heart is the compass when it comes to making decisions. So when you know who you are and you've done all the self care and you're coming at this from a good place, you can connect to that energy. You can connect to your truth, and your heart is going to tell you the answer. So that is that's being in alignment with who you are. That's living an authentic life is listening to what is you really want and then taking action. So I'm absolutely going to share this quick sort of meditation exercise, which you can use if you have a question or a decision to make, or you just want to tap into what it is you need in that moment. So please don't do this whilst you're driving <laughs> because I'm going to walk the dog, maybe go and find a, uh, a nice tree somewhere with yes, some dappled sunlight. Yes. And if you have a question in mind, that's great. But if not, just come along, come along for the ride and just connect to your heart because it's a beautiful space to be. So just sit down comfortably. Close your eyes and settle in. Let's take a few breaths here. And then ask yourself, where am I? Where am I? Are you located in your head? Is that where you think you are? Are you behind your eyes? Maybe that's the centre of who you are. So just take a little trip with me now and peel back the layers of the head. Go right into the middle. Is there a little version of you inside? Now I'd like you to connect to your breath. I want you to feel your lungs expanding. Feel the oxygen in your body filling up all of the spaces. And after your next inhale, just drop your attention into the space behind your heart. I invite you to put your hand on your heart and feel your heartbeat. Feel your life force and just breathe and connect to the energy of this incredible heart. This is who you are. 
This is your truth. This is where your wisdom lies. In your heart is an infinite source of love and a powerful compass. It speaks light and love, courage, compassion and kindness and joy and appreciation. Your heart is your higher self and the language of your heart is love. So I invite you to take a deep breath in and breathe in love for yourself from this heart space and exhale love for those around you. Inhale that love, be open to receive that love for yourself and exhale a gift of love to the whole world. And inhale love once more and just let that love pass to every single cell in your body. Sit in the warmth of that love and notice and appreciate how you feel. Now from this place, you can ask, what does my heart tell me to do? If I love myself fully right now, what would I do? And then wait for the answer. Just listen to that answer. Sit with it. Does it feel true? Then this is your truth. And know that you can connect to this wisdom whenever you need a compass to guide you. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes and come back to the room, bringing this truth with you. That was beautiful, really Thank beautiful. You. What a great grounding exercise to be able to come back mm -hmm. to yourself. Mm -hmm. It's always, always there, Ellie, and we are rushing around daily trying to fit things in. Even even some of our self-care practices can be a, a bit of a tick box exercise. Oh, I've done my meditation. I've done my, I've been outside, <laughs> got my green shirt. You know, we, we, we're, it's just part of who, who we are and it runs away with us unless we consciously choose to connect to that truth. And sometimes I really like to use that exercise when I just feel a little bit either overwhelmed or I'm rushing because I think okay if I'm rushing to do something take a pause take a beat just connect and actually once you've done this a few times it can you can just access it really yeah. quickly really beautifully and sometimes your heart says to you go take a nap <laughs> you know? or turn off your computer or go and have a biscuit and a cup of tea it doesn't have to be your heart will tell you and sometimes your heart will tell you have faith yeah that the answer is going to come so it's not always like this definitive lightning bolt of a decision that you know that comes down but it's it's that intuition that we've lost connection mm. to and the more you use it the more you're going to feel like you are you can do it in the moment Absolutely. and you notice when you start to make decisions or you choose options that actually feel a bit incongruent and then you're like oh that feels a bit weird oh. <laughs> it's like yeah. And then also you're aware when you're consciously ignoring that. 
So I've oh, been yes. doing some around food. Um, and this is a really mm. interesting one. It's also working out what feels true in your body. So getting a yes, no in the body, which is a similar thing. It's another tool. So saying to yourself, standing, standing up straight and saying to yourself your name, my name is, and seeing how that feels in the body, sort of anywhere between the belly button and the throat. So my name is, and saying your name, how does that feel? And if you can't feel anything, maybe doing it again. And then maybe using it with another thing. I am a, and put a word in there that's true. And seeing how that feels. And for me, that feels like smoke going up a chimney. There's a lightness. It seems to sort of spiral up through to the throat. How does that feel for you, Naz? Oh, I'm, I get a really deep sense of relaxation, like, like just everything mm. relaxing, like something melting. Okay. Is really. So, so then if you say to yourself something that's not true, so I am a dentist. How does that feel in the body? For me, that feels like a stone hitting the bottom of a lake. Mm. It feels short. Yeah. It feels like a light thud of, oh, no. Yeah, how does yeah. that feel for you? I get like a like a, like a, a quick hammer. Just yeah. Ding, ding. So I, I, I feel it. But, you know, our bodies are amazing, aren't they? The messages yeah. that they're giving us. So yeah. what a great tool. So again, you can ask yourself when you're going to go and do something, um, do I want to do this? Is, is, is this for my greater good? And I'm working around food at the moment, so I'll go and say to myself, do I want to have a bacon sandwich? Do I want to have a smoothie? And asking myself the question. And it really helps. So, mm -hmm. so these are just simple practices that you can do to just sort of cut out the noise when you're feeling in this chaotic space of, I don't know what, I just can't see the wood for the trees, and bring it back to sort of a couple of, and there are many ways to do it. And you're gonna find, as you start to explore them, lots of different ways. You might feel that your fingers tingle, or you might feel that you get a little shiver when it's a yes. The more you pay yes. attention to the body, the more um, you're gonna get guidance from your internal GPS. Yes. And if nothing else, you're just taking the time to yeah. pause, which even if that's just a breath or two or three, wow, the compound effects of that and just connecting into your, even just attempting to connect to your consciousness. Absolutely. You're doing it. You're like you're giving yourself that space. What a gift. So tell me, how did you get into coaching? What was okay. your path? Yeah, good question. I kind of fell into it. I think a lot of coaches do. I started my coaching journey really before I even decided that I wanted to be a coach. So I think what happened is that Pip and I, Pip's my business partner with Tonic Retreats, were hosting retreats in, well, Morocco, Sri Lanka, France, UK, holding this beautiful space for, for these women to come and experience yoga and to connect to their breath and to eat great food. And what I realized is that on those retreats, I was naturally coaching and supporting outside of the yoga space because obviously that's that was clips around but outside yeah. of that space things would come up for people and I would be there and I would offer them just an ear some neutrality I've always had that yes that tone that can you see this another way like the friend that always gets you to you know that's in your ear that says really is that really the case can you see it another way so I've always had that ability to do that 
and I recognized I'd also been doing that with my my um, business clients. I'd kind of been helping my I worked with directors of various companies and I'd actually been coaching them as well as consulting. So I was like, mm, okay, I've already been doing yes. this. So I did a short course at British School of Coaching, looking at specifically well-being coaching, which was which was great. But then things really turned around for me when I embarked on my own coaching journey and I started working with a team of coaches from the US and Canada and they blew my mind. It was um, Russ Rufino, uh, Lisa Toss, Jane Jewell, Mark Mamusa. They're all part of something called Clients on Demand, which is a, a great marketing program for coaches. Now, on mm. that program, mm. I, got the, <laughs> I got coached so much that I didn't recognize myself like two weeks, two weeks in, and I was like, who the hell am I? I've just shifted my, I'm like, I want to learn to do this. I want to learn to do what yes. they've just done to me because I have just popped like popcorn. So actually yeah. they, they invited people who'd been through the program to take part in a, in an academy, in a coaching academy. And that academy was being hosted by this lady called Jane Jewell. Now Jane, really interesting character started doing NLP when she was 12. She worked with Tony Robbins. She was his master trainer for I think 25 years or so. So wow. she trained all of his coaches. Wow. And they were like, hey, Jane's doing a coaching academy for coaches. Do you want to jump in? I'm like, yes. Yeah. I'm like, does that mean I get to coach how you coach? So they, I learned Jane's methods. We were trained by her, which means that now I'm so confident as a coach. I've coached psychiatrists. I coach other coaches. I just have this ability to to be able to help people change their belief systems. And that's all it is. When you're coaching, mm. you're coaching people from being stuck to getting out of their own head and getting out of their own way. So that's yeah. my journey. And that's why I'm so passionate about using this transformational coaching because it's unlike anything else. And I think that combined with my deep conviction that if we do things from the heart and we come from this this higher place, this this place of love and compassion and kindness for ourselves and for others. It's like the world is good if everyone just does this. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. So focusing on the person, one hundred percent. Absolutely. So that means it really, although I specialize in working with women and coaching them, sort of I'm I call myself a relationship mentor, but really I can help people through anything so that when they come to me you know I work with women who are launching their businesses who are you know going through divorce who have whose children are starting to to self-harm so I can help coach people through any situation because it's not specific to that particular to a particular problem and I just happen to be great at relationship mentoring as well. Tell me a little bit about how you work with people and how that looks that process. Yeah, well, I definitely start there. <laughs> they come to me. You mean they don't come issues. just like with their husband saying it's all him? He needs to be fixed. <laughs> no, well, I've I've taken on the view that I like to work with individuals and I like to work with women. And often, even if both parties in a marriage are in agreement that something needs to change and that there's discord, not both parties are committed to a process. Not both parties are committed to going inwards. So I've chosen to just work with women whose relationships are unfulfilling or unhappy in their marriages, whose partners are perhaps not engaged in the relationship or not engaged in the process of reparation, but are, but they want to be with that, that person, that they want to be with that husband. So 
I always say to them, I'm going to start, we're going to look at you first. We're going to get real clarity on who you are and what's important to you. So I do, I do a classic values exercise. And what's really interesting is that three of my clients handed in, because I have homework, handed in homework to me yesterday, saying how much they enjoyed doing this exercise because they've never really been asked what's important to them. And it's different for everybody, right? We all think we know what's important to us, but actually when you have to reduce everything down to like a secret, a condensed source of say three or four key values, you really start to strip away what isn't important to you. you So really getting clarity on that is so, so important because when you know what it is that you really need, you can then start to compromise and let go a bit of those the restrictions because we like to constrict and we like to hold on to things in our marriage that aren't right we like to fight anyway we feel justified so it's actually if something's not important to you why are you fighting for it like let it go and and then it's about deep self-awareness that might be self-awareness of the beliefs that the stories that we tell ourselves like i've told you that we all have these stories of i'm not worthy i'm not loved or i'm unlovable I don't feel good enough. We all have those beliefs and those stories within us, but it's how deeply embedded they are and how we camouflage them and try and hide them with other things and validate them. And actually I (laughs) get people to sort of, we go straight to it and we strip them out. So it's rebuilding their belief systems. So going from someone who feels incredibly unloved and unlovable to understanding their worth and knowing that they're worthy and that's a process and that process as much as it's about developing some really powerful affirmations it's not about reading inspirational quotes on instagram and then going okay i've done the work it's really <laughs> like it's real deep conditioning so i get i get my clients to do all sorts of things but it's about stacking your psychology so that it's powerful so that it's it, it supports you to be the woman that you know you already are. It's like, I'm not asking people to become something they're not. I'm like, let's find out who you are. Let's take all the crap off. And underneath there's this beautiful golden person mm. and that's who's going to shine. So the first, the very, very first step. And also taking ownership of where in the relationship you have been bringing energy, where you've been projecting Um, negativity where perhaps you've been allowing your anger and your resentment and your disappointment to spill out into interactions with your husband because that's so common yeah okay and what I also hear a lot of before women start working with me is it's not fair that I have to do all this work and he doesn't (laughs) I I don't know if you've heard that why do I have to do the work why does he just get to sit and do nothing um but it's a gift doing that in this inner work it's real liberation, like actually radically accepting who you are yeah. is phenomenal. And I actually feel, I mean, I just, I feel so lucky to have gone on this journey. And I, as I have expanded, he has expanded in different ways. And I don't feel like I need or have any, nothing hangs on him doing the work or not, or not doing the work. And as I'm growing and expanding, he is loving and appreciating and seeing a a real transformation in me. And that makes him happier. That makes me happier. Yeah, it's beautiful to watch because you're 
you're doing it for you, but it's spilling out into everyone that comes into your orbit. Yeah. I mean, gratitude and appreciation are, you know, people like to be around happy people. Mm. It makes you feel good. And actually you can influence how your partner shows up just energetically, mm. right? It's really like women don't appreciate how powerful we are yeah. by showing up differently. And it feels better in this space. I think also that you know over the over the generations our our roles have become very different you know rob cleans and he cooks and he does laundry and i do diy and i don't do gardening but i i do i do a lot of the more maybe masculine things in the house um and so it's gotten a lot more we share a lot more which is great but those areas where we are more in our masculine or feminine are not always as clear. And so mm. I noticed that, you know, the more of this work that I do, the more feminine I become, the softer I become, the more intuitive I am, the more powerful I am, the more I can see things coming into the orbit before, the more I can see other people's part in things when he tells me about things from work. So I can say, have you looked at it this way before? And mm -hmm. all of my juicy feminine traits are amped up. And that yes. is way more attractive. I feel more in my element, even though I'm, do you know, good with a screwdriver. <laughs> um, it feels, I don't know, it feels like I'm much more in my power in that way. Yes. And it's an interesting time, I think, for men and women in relationships. Yes, it is so interesting. And, and you know, don't forget that those roles are blurred mm. and that masculine, you know, the masculine and the feminine in terms of what we see as a traditional man's role, they are blurred, but they're also, they're in our, they're in our DNA. This is like, you can't, you cannot ignore the conditioning that we've had over the, over the years. So it's going to feel more natural to do certain things. But what you said that I really want to pick up on is that you were able to, give him a new perspective on his relationships, his interactions with his colleagues. But does that also mean that in your interactions with, with Rob, are you able to see his point of view when he, when you come together? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm also able to really appreciate and say thank you when he has done things that are really over and above what he needed to do. Yeah. So important in the relationship. I think the, the number one thing after like being truthful with yourself and being honest with yourself and then and then others is about showing appreciation mm. right we do not do it enough we don't acknowledge and we don't appreciate and sometimes my clients they'll come to me and they'll be like I'm so angry and I've been reading all this stuff about appreciation and it sounds like I should congratulate him for flushing the toilet you know <laughs> and then I, it's and I get it it can be so like it can be so frustrating to, to think that you have to appreciate every little thing that he does. But what happens is over time is that we stop doing that. We stop showing our appreciation mm. for our partner and we withdraw our acknowledgement. And then everything that we do becomes a bit of a self-sacrifice. So you, the cooking and the cleaning, you know, and, you know, working from home and homeschooling the kids, instead of it being a gift that you're able to do that, you're doing it from a point of view that you're sacrificing your time and it builds up resentment. Yeah. And then when your partner comes in from work and he's had a shit day at work and he self-sacrificed the day with his awful clients or his boss that's down breathing down his neck and he comes in 
he doesn't feel appreciated either. So you're both coming at it from exactly the same perspective. Yeah. If you feel unappreciated in your marriage, I guarantee you that your husband also feels unappreciated. Mm. So where can you, instead of looking at where you can take or what you need, it's like, where can I give that? And it's going to come back to you. Mm. And building up that appreciation instead of a tit for tat, um, you know, tally of who's done what, who's more tired. Yeah. Who's more tired? Who's given up more? Who's given their career up? Yeah. It becomes doing it out of love because you love that person. That's just what you do. So it's a it's it's a it's certainly a process to get there, but when you're there, yeah, life is so much easier. Mm, mm. And you're not doing anything that you don't want to be doing. Yes. So yeah. Having a new appreciation. Yes. And, and feeling the gratitude as well. I think it's so nice when when uh, when they say thank you for whatever it is or that thanks for putting on the laundry. It really helped me earlier. And it's just the tiniest of things. But then he's like, oh, she said, thank you. I'm going to go and pick up, I don't know, whatever it is from wherever. Or I'll, or I'll give her a lift somewhere when she wants to. And yeah. you notice it's like this little, but somebody has to give first. <laughs> always, always. And often we feel like we've been giving too much as women because we do. Mm. Even as, as little girls, when we play, we we give. We give and we invite people into our groups. And boys, boys are just different. They don't realise that when they come to the relationship that women have already been giving and giving and giving and that they think that in, in a marriage, that's what you're expected to do. You're expected to give up your individual life, your single life. And men don't have that understanding because they're not used to giving themselves up for others. Yes. So it's really like... you you that's where a lot of the dynamics and a lot of the complaints come from that you know my husband doesn't he doesn't help around the house all he wants to do is play FIFA well he's used to doing that he's never had to give any of himself up whereas as women we do it all the time we do it from being a little girl we're always people pleasing and giving ourselves to others and by the time we get to a marriage we're already like <sighs> yeah but it's not surprising then that we get to that point in our marriage and that we get to, or get to that point in life where we're just like, God, there's got to be more to life. Oh, yes. Particularly yes. if you've got big jobs or you've got family, you've got big pools mm -hmm. on your, um, you know, your time and your energy. Totally. Totally. It's um, <laughs> already worn out by getting to the marriage. And then you have these expectations and we're not taught how to have a relationship. We're not taught about relationship dynamics, about what we bring to, what energy we bring, what what our parents' marriage um, has infiltrated into us. Like we, we aren't taught any of that. So we come with our expectations. They come with their expectations and their experience. And it's no wonder that, you know, people are having issues in their marriage marriages because we're just not taught how to operate within the realms of it's it's a, it is a friendship but yes. we lose the friendship and then what's left is, yes oh <laughs> you know disappointment yeah so so what does what does it look like for um your clients when they do decide then that they maybe need to move to another stage of uh in their relationship that maybe they are not both happy do people then go off you know whilst they're coaching with you and and make those changes how does that happen how does that look usually when people come to me there are two usually I get people who've come to me just after a relationship has ended and it's it's quite raw 
and they want to understand what they brought to the relationship. Maybe they've still got an existing relationship with that person as in that he's the father of their children and they want to navigate what that looks like. So I help people with that process. Most of the time women come to me because they are unfulfilled in their marriage and they feel unhappiness and there's got to be more, but they recognize that there is something within them that they can change. Yeah. And I'm really happy to say that most of my most of my clients who come to me wanting to remain in the marriage, that's what they do. They get mm. the marriage that they want. For some women, they understand their worth and that their partner is not a match for that. Mm. And then they walk away. Having done the work. Having done the work, which is incredible. Understanding why the relationship didn't work. Understanding what a healthy relationship looks like. And being able to, to take that step for themselves like I said to make that empowered decision from a place of love Mm -hmm. but also love for the other person because when there's two people in an unhappy relationship and both of them are unhappy it's not just true that's that's such a truth isn't it yeah so you're not responsible for anybody else's behavior their actions their thoughts but when you're when you have this union with somebody so many women want want to give it their everything to make sure that they've done absolutely everything that they can but in that they get the transformation so they win regardless of what their outcome is and I think that's the gift in it isn't it is that you realize I realized after I I had completed my sort of therapy cycle that it was partly about him but it was so much about me and that I literally felt bulletproof when I finished I literally thought I can, not only can I work and communicate better in my relationship, I could work through most things that came to me. They would be difficult, painful, but I found a new way of dealing with them, creating better boundaries around myself, more resilience, more of a voice. I felt more empowered so that I felt that I could roll with whatever happened. And that's, that has been something that's been a great foundation because it's been a building block for so many others. Oh, my goodness. So, so important. So if you show up in that energy in your relationship, whether it's a marriage or just a long term relationship and you're unafraid to be yourself in those moments, in any moment in that in that relationship, then there's no right or wrong and you're not frightened to make the wrong choice or the wrong decision. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like you said, it's about really tuning in. Tuning into what it is that you want and speaking up. And I think it was Esther Perel, who's this amazing, I don't know if you love her. her. Yeah. She says that in in a marriage, you're going to have 10 different or more evolutions of that marriage. Your relationship is going to change. Yeah. So as you, and that's not both of you changing at the same time, remember. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes these can be really awkward. Imagine a snake shedding its skin. It's like as you transform throughout this process and you grow, then your husband or your partner is going to, catch up with you and then one of you is going to grow again so this and as you do that the relationship is in this constant state of evolution so what you had in your 20s is going to be different from your 30s your 40s your 50s all the way up Mm. and in every stage of that relationship you must be honest with yourself and authentic with yourself about what it is that you want your 20 year old self does not want the same thing your 50 year old self does not want the same thing as your 20 year old self so we have these standards and they don't fit anymore I think about when I was in my 20s what I was and I met him at 21 I didn't want what I had before so I was on the rebound from that 
I wanted somebody who was kind, loyal, good looking, smelt good, you know, who would, who was going to be honest. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty much it. And I still love, I still love someone who smells great. <laughs> he still smells great. And I yes. brought up boys that smell great because I think it's so important. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But, but it's interesting though. I think that I've asked over the, over the years, I've, we've both changed so much and we are so much more of each other now, but I think that one of the, one of the greatest things that going through the process for me has been is that I can now talk with absolute honesty and we've got a dark sense of humor with each other. Whereas before there were some things that were off limits because mm. they would cause a, Yes. I couldn't say, why do you wear that top? It looks awful. Cause I'd know that he'd get really upset that clothing was one thing that I couldn't really, yeah. cause he's, you know, and he'll say to me, oh, you really fucked that up, didn't you? Or <laughs> mate, that's got to hurt. Yeah, Something like that in a situation you're like, I can't believe you said that or whatever it is, those points. But once you're able, once nothing's off limits, yeah. then you can take that into all aspects of life. You can take it into your sex life. You can take it into your friendships you can take it into everything it's like this beautiful honesty the more real and honest you get with yourself the more you can take into every part of your life and my experience is, is that once people see that growth you know you might lose a few people along the way hopefully mm -hmm. it's not your your significant other but I think that other people think god what's she taking I want a bit of that oh my goodness <laughs> Well, you, we all know, we've all been to the, the party where there's someone in the room that you just flock to because their energy is amazing or yeah. you just know that they've had this incredible life or they've got these, they've just got this, yeah, this fantastic energy about them. And I think that when you tap into that and you can create that for yourself and you wake up every morning, you're like, oh my God, it's great to be me. Oh my God, yeah. is it great to be me? Not because you have all the material things, but because you wake up. A, usually feeling amazing, but also understanding that you can tap into this power and this source within you, within you. And you go, oh, this is why it feels so good. And yeah. that's, I think, what you and I are both so passionate about yeah. encouraging other women to access because nothing else really matters. Nothing no. else matters. <laughs> no. Apart it from this. Yeah, it all starts there. It's interesting, actually, because uh, we've been doing Koya recently and it reminds me of that place in Koya where someone starts and they feel a little nervous. And over the years that I've been teaching, you know, I see it. I see people resistant to it, firstly, because mm -hmm. they're like, no, I don't want to do that. That just sounds all kinds of hideousness. Thanks. No. And when I started it, I realized that, in fact, actually, a um, good friend of ours, Sonia, Sonia organized an event. She organized a retreat and it was in the south of france at her friend's house now our friend's abby's and she invited this lady to come and do free movement dancing so this was pre-coya i think at that point and it was african like african dancing so she came and she was uh getting it we she got us to all stand around in a circle she said right i want you to dance your name so she said so my name is and i can't think of her name now and she did this dance and she sort of like whoa moved her hands around and she wriggled her hips and said my name is i don't know say Ellie, Ellie or whatever. And she said, I want you to go around in the circle now and I want to you to introduce yourself with a movement. So then we're going to get everybody else to do the movement. I literally wanted to vomit in my own mouth. Mm -hmm. If I could have run away at that time, I just thought. And 
as the evening progressed, we got, so she would then, she then got us to do this exercise where the music, uh, we'd be all dancing with the music, the music would stop and then somebody would dance, go in the middle and then strike a pose. And then the other person, somebody, the next person, we'd all dance and then they were in the circle and then the other person would strike a pose. And it was brilliant. And I felt like I was probably about nine. And I realized that I had probably cut myself mm. off at nine when somebody had said, oh, why are you doing that? That's a bit embarrassing. Or mm, you didn't go to dance classes. Don't, or it might not have even been somebody saying it. It might have just been me feeling it, which is probably more likely. And I didn't want to do the dancing because I didn't have anything I wanted to wear. I only had a dress that was strappy. I don't like wearing strappy dresses. I was like, don't like my arms. So then I wouldn't dance because I'd get hot and then I wouldn't be able to have the right thing to wear. I realized all this conditioning around just dancing. And I cried at the end of it because I just felt, where else in my life have I been reducing my experience and my enjoyment because I don't like the outfit or I, I feel uncomfortable or oh whatever goodness. it was. And I see that, and you know, Koya is one thing. That's a, it's a really great metaphor. People come into that dance situation thinking all of those and none of those things, thinking, I don't feel comfortable. I feel slightly awkward. I don't want to take up too much space. This looks silly. It's not rhythmic. I'm not a good dancer. Yes. And then you start to see them start to close their eyes and start to move into the music, move into the way that it sounds, tapping into a little bit of, oh, this is me dancing in the kitchen when no one's looking. Oh, look, I'm doing it now in this room and no one's actually looking at all anymore. Oh, look, we're all doing it. Her shapes look really nice. I'm going to make that shape. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and before you know it, oh. you're dancing with your eyes open. Absolutely. Ellie, you've just tapped on one of the main things that I think if there's a takeaway for people in today other than the heart is your compass, then this might be it is that feeling uncomfortable doesn't mean you shouldn't do something. <laughs> right? That's feedback saying this is an opportunity for you to grow, right? And be un discomfort is different to pain right pain is also yeah. an opportunity for you to grow but i think we're so scared of pain that when we feel discomfort boy do we back off and we, we feel it's going to lead to pain exactly and we close ourselves off from every opportunity and then like you said you have, you you get these incredible opportunities to experience like expressing yourself that now you would like i mean we just did it before the podcast now it's like every opportunity we will do it but you shut yourself off from that because you feel uncomfortable in expressing yourself you feel uncomfortable uncomfortable joining in because of you don't even know why you don't even go there <laughs> you just go that I haven't even got any proof I'm not doing it yes yeah. but actually really interesting I suspect if you were to connect have connected to your heart in that moment or anybody who's feeling any sense of discomfort around anything like that there's probably a nine-year-old girl in you going I really want to join in but I feel a bit embarrassed that's yes. your heart going I want to join in how can we work through this? Yes. So there's the mess. It's like, it's so clear. So don't be afraid of discomfort. Actually go towards it. If you're, if you're resisting doing something, do it. <laughs> <laughs> do it and see what happens. Because really, what is the worst that's going to happen is that you yeah. have to deal with a little bit of <clears throat> embarrassment, hangover, but actually that dissipates anyway. It doesn't, I don't think it exists. Certainly well, not. we talked about we talked about this recently about skinny dipping. It was no surprise that we both were were like keen skinny dippers. And I remember being with being in situations, you know, as I've 
as I've gotten older thinking and people who are who I would look at and say gosh if I had your figure I wouldn't think twice about doing it why are you worrying about it and I'm not doing it because I feel like I've got the best body in the world I'm doing it because I love the feeling of the water on my naked skin I love the rush of the daredevilness yes of the fuck it I love all of those things and my body is just one small part in that whole transaction of joy <laughs> and I love it and what do we cut ourselves off from we cut ourselves yeah. off from those experiences of real presence because I can tell you when I went in the sea most recently skinny dipping it was cold it was cold yeah. I was naked I was with some other girls and we were like oh my god this feels amazing and I was so present and I was giggling giggling my little head off like I, I would have cut myself off from that experience, that yeah. feeling of freedom. Like, why? Because I projected, I would have projected onto myself this idea that, oh, that's not really what I do, or that's not what people do. Actually, when you really want to do something, you've got to allow yourself to do it. Like, find yeah. a way to do it. So I yes. wonder how many people listening actually have got things, whether it's on a bucket list or whether it's something that they, they see on Instagram and they ask themselves, is that possible for me to have that? Is it anywhere in the realms of my human experience for me to have that? Mm. And it really is. I mean, there is nothing yeah. that's off limits. Really nothing. Really nothing. And people, <laughs> when you know it, you're like, you know, it, it sounds so cliche, but nothing is unlimited. But you have yeah. to be prepared to get uncomfortable. You have to be prepared to look in the mirror. And I mean, and see everything and face it. And you have to be prepared to then be honest with yourself and then claim your voice and be honest with others and express what it is you really want. There's the power. It's this momentum that builds up mm. and inspires you to go, well, I can, if I can have that, then maybe I can have that. Like, and you just build yeah. and build and build. And the beautiful thing about women is that we don't want to do this journey alone. We want to rise and bring everyone up with us. So absolutely. This is where I think it's so important for women to spend time with women. This is why, I, love, I mean, harder now, obviously we have, we've got the second lockdown, but getting together, moving, the coil practice that you, um, I'm so grateful for, to you for introducing me to that and the breath work, such an incredible container for some women who I know had never experienced anything like that before. And I brought them into that space and they're absolutely hooked. And I can see the blossoming that these, these women are having yeah. just from a couple of sessions, from spending time with each other and, and being feeling safe and feeling like we can open up and get moving through those barriers of feeling uncomfortable and stretching yes. and getting out of that, you know, getting out of the skin that feels tight. And like, what is it you said? You said it's that girdle. Right? Yes. That corset. Yes. And like, yes. <laughs> yeah and burning it and dancing around the fire you know that's the kind of yeah that's the kind of energy that I want people to bring yeah and I think that also it's it's really important for younger people because I think if you can nail this stuff now if you can nail it I mean I'm 47 48 uh last week so I feel like I came to this like probably 38 if I could have started looking at this stuff at 28 or 18 you know, I've got a niece, I've got two boys, I've got, you know, all the young people around me, I'm encouraging of them to just do whatever it is, mm -hmm. to speak up, to that nothing's off limits. Exactly. Um, 
that you can that if you can dream it you can do it or have a go at least have a go and I think if you can start feeling this yourself you embody it yourself you're modeling it yourself you start modeling for all the people of all ages around you and it's such a gift to learn this stuff it is gift but you you do have to learn it first you have to give that gift to yourself first and I think there are too many incredible women sitting by the sidelines yeah leaving their own bullshit because it makes them feel better and not stepping into their light and those are the women that <laughs> I want to get my hands on Ellie those are the women <laughs> that I want to unleash and just send them off into the world and like you know as these light warriors to do whatever it is they want to do because I can tell you that I don't know if it's the same for you but when you started on this journey did you find that everyone who was also transitioning into this and blossoming into this was like I want to work in this field like yeah there's no competition in this area there need to be more incredible coaches more incredible breathwork practitioners more incredible yoga teachers healers guides mentors it's time for women to step into that role instead of giving our power away not just to the patriarchy not just to but to our parents to society to conditioning to instagram to looking perfect your energy if it goes into you it you, you can exponentially just send it out into the universe that's so everybody that everybody that started Koya in that same circle there was probably 10 of us all of us are going out doing working coaching um, embodiment working with women yeah. all of us yeah. and if you think about and this makes me think about when I've had friends who have divorced who have gone through the pain of a divorce and they've said gosh I've had so many people of mutual friends that have rang up and said god so sorry to hear about that how are you doing it <laughs> but I think or I've been thinking about the same and then staying for another 10 20 years yeah. I think equally when you're going through something some kind of transformation in a positive and a negative people are drawn to you mm-hmm. who are going through that experience yeah. and I think that if you know it in the negative like when you're going through tough times even not divorce but just tough times in your relationship you seem to pull in other people that go me too me too let's go for a walk let's go and talk about that the heaviness the weight uh and not knowing how to get out of it you know they say that misery loves company but i think that it's truth in the sense that people you just if you are feeling really awful you want to identify with people and connect with other people that are that you're going to be able to share that dark yes painful feeling with Mm. but equally if when you're feeling like that you go and hang out with people and spend time with people and seek out people that are going to say have you thought about looking at it differently or even if that's true what do you really want to do beyond that once you move through that how do you see your life looking yes absolutely I think that's that's where the that's where the power is in the transformation Mm. not in the oh, it's awful. Yeah, it's awful. I hate this. Yeah, I hate that too. Yeah, okay, let's meet up on Friday and let's drink wine and talk about more about how we're unhappy. You know, there's a place for that, but then there's got to be, that. there's the transformation point um, is there and it's available if you choose it. Well, that that energy, that vibration just keeps you playing small because you're then in a state of contraction. So it's so vital to seek out people who are in a more expanded vibration that frequency and that that vibe of feeling good and feeling grateful who do who love you enough to challenge you like you said have you thought about seeing this differently yes. okay well if that is the truth what are you going to do about it like having the courage yeah. to be able to say that to somebody that might be what are you going to do about it why don't you go and speak to someone who might be able to help you make a decision why don't you 
you know, try something new? Why do you come at this with a different energy? People like staying stuck because change is really flipping scary. Yeah. But it's so rewarding. It's so, so yeah. rewarding. You know, change is going to happen to all of us anyway. It is. <laughs> I love that saying, let go or be dragged. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so change is going to happen to all of us anyway in our relationships, in our careers, in our lives. Progress is what happens when you make the decision to make that change work for you. So mm -hmm. might as well, you know, decide on where you want to go. Curate some of your experiences. Cultivate some more high vibration in your day like mm. it's it really is a choice and I think there's more and more conversations like this going on and that's why I'm you know I think it's incredible Ellie that you've got this podcast you've got this channel to be able to share some of those messages out to people because mm. well, there's this lovely phrase and I think you use it in one of your um uh, I think it was with Martha the um when you when the student is ready the teacher will arrive yeah yes. I love that so not everybody's teacher is going to be the same I might not be right for somebody you might not be right for somebody but yeah. it's important to be open to working in new ways and being open to seeing who that teacher is that teacher might be a book that that you know that comes in on an email newsletter from something or that yes. teacher might be somebody recommending you know oh I saw this person it was incredible I had a breathwork session do you want to try it the, be open to receive it's there for you the, the universe is working in our favor it's trying to send us signs all the time and we're dumbing it down and we're cutting ourselves off mm. because well I don't even know why because we want to stay stuck because it's well I love that reframe that life's not happening uh to you it's happening for you and when you start looking at it it's happening for me you start to be much more open to okay so looking at difficult things, looking at challenges and thinking, where is the, yeah. where is the, what's the lesson in this yeah. for me? And I was thinking about this, just trying it out with myself. It, when a bad thing happens, if you could just reframe it. So if, if someone, I don't know, if someone loses their job, you know, the kinds of things that are happening now, um, or this has ended saying, I'm really sorry. I wonder where the growth is in that for you. Mm. Or I wonder where, where the lesson is in that for us. Yes straight away reframing it where's the gold in this the gold is there's something that's come to an end and we're going to be able to do something now that we didn't think we could and so asking those open-ended powerful questions to get us from that state of feeling like of contraction to feeling like yeah. resourceful like okay what's next for me is really important but that that question in the moment you probably want to punch yourself in the face if you are yourself that i would punch yes, myself exactly. in the face yes absolutely However, you touched on a really good point because actually ask yourself this habitually for anything that happens and then you start to cultivate that autopilot response and then it starts to feel less jarring so I don't know yeah. maybe you're driving along and your tire blows out or you get a flat tire you can go I'm going to be late okay so where's the gift in this well I'm going to learn how to change a tire or you know <laughs> thank goodness I've got the AA aren't they incredible where's the gift in yeah. whatever experience and if you can if you can find it in the little things, you know, the traffic yeah. jam, okay, it gives me time to listen to my podcast, whatever it might be, find the gift in, in everything. And then you'll see the gift in those more challenging situations. And that doesn't feel as jarring, but the questions are important. Yeah. And I think that, I think there's a real difference between 
that and then also just the power of positive thinking <laughs> that doesn't work you know like square peg round hole. No. I'm feeling really bad and you keep telling me to see the bright side and you're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole doesn't work does it yeah and you can say okay this is awful I feel shit all of those things acknowledge how you're feeling and then be like okay how can I ask myself that question mm. it's not saying that we're bypassing no, no. the feelings that that's bringing up and for people you know I work with, I have a a capacity to work with people who have really got themselves into that negative headspace it's like I'm really gifted at helping those people turn their lives turn I call it a I call it a barge, like a canal boat that you're trying to do a three-point turn in a canal and it's, it's never three points, it's like 200. But I get, I get yeah. them around and the way that I do that is that I use the power of positive thinking and through shifting through gears. So instead of going directly from, you know, oh my God, I have no confidence, I can't stand my body, you know, I'm ugly, to I'm the most beautiful woman in the world, which doesn't fit. Yeah. You, go from, you go to a neutral thought, which is the in-between stage, which might be, I have a normal human body. Yeah. I, I have a working, a functioning human body. My body is, you know, my body is, is good. It doesn't have to be phenomenal. Right. So you place a neutral belief and then you shift through the gears so you can fit. It doesn't feel so disingenuous because it's very hard mm. for some people. If you have been used to that negative frame of mind to suddenly try on all these new shiny new affirmations, and they also don't work in isolation, Ellie. You know this, that, you know, you can mm. you can say affirmations all day long. There's got to be a deeper practice. And connecting yes. to your breath and your physiology and what it is you want and your needs and your truth is all part of that. Yeah. yeah. So what are those practices for you? Ooh, Could you share yes. some of the things that you do? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a massive fan of of yoga always you know have been I think I've been doing yoga since I was 17 that doesn't mean I'm one of those people that does you know one ha one-handed handstands and is super flexible it just means that I have a a three-minute practice that I do every single day that I just do everywhere yeah. so that's my practice it doesn't have to be anything big and that just connects my breath to my body to my brain and gives me that space every single morning before you know as soon as I roll out of bed that's what I do um I love that. Just three minutes. Yeah, it's like a few sun salutations, a bit of stretching. Um, and I have my business partner, Pip, who's a, who's a yoga teacher, to thank for that. Because I was like, I really want to do dedicated yoga practice. And she's like, well, just do a few minutes every day. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. So I've been doing that for years now. And it's great. I also, <clears throat> I also love my meditation. And I'm not. I'm not so disciplined that I have to do it every single morning. The majority of the time I do it as soon as I wake up and I might do a Joe Dispenza meditation. He's really great at using the power of gratitude and you're using your sort of um, the quantum field to, to, to cultivate and to manifest what it is you want in life. So I really enjoy that because it's, I like a guided meditation, but mm. often I will, I will just choose a new meditation and do it in the afternoon if I need to. So I make sure I make that space every day. And then the other practice, which I really encourage everybody to try is the Wim Hof cold showers, especially now yes. that we're in November. Oh my goodness. Yes. So really shocking the body, really interrupting that feeling of it's dark outside and I don't want to get up and isn't it crap and lockdown and all of this, get into a cold shower 
and it just blows all of that out of the of the water <laughs> literally you can't you can't feel anything other than you know joy really and exhilaration when you've got cold water blasting at you from all angles so yeah. i really really enjoy that and that again i've been doing now nearly three years so i've i try on other things for size every now and then but those are my core principles yes. that i will do wherever i am but it's quite hard to have a cold shower when i was doing um retreats in sri lanka and the water just doesn't get that cold so down it never mind it's like a, the intention it's like a holiday there. like a holiday <laughs> but yeah so that's what i that's what i like but connecting you see i've got to practice there for the mind i've got to practice for the body and i've got to practice for the breath because the cold water is also mm. the breathing so i think as long as some you've got that covered then yeah you're good yeah, I think that's really important that you just said that to to be moving your body in some way, to be changing up the way that you're breathing in some way, and then being reflective. And like you say, there are so many different types of meditation. I love Insight Timer because mm. it's so varied. There's so much on there. Um, I do transcendental meditation. So it's been my one to go back to, you know, whenever I'm feeling, I mean, it'd be great to be doing it 20 minutes twice a day as prescribed. But even if I get to do 20 minutes three times a week, uh, just in the afternoon, sometimes in my bedroom in the even in the afternoon, if I'm working from home, the light is in here, the sun's in here. So it's a really lovely place to just lie and not lie to, to sit and be contemplative. Mm. And just finding those spaces in between sleep and wake for uh, sleep and wakefulness, yes. that lovely space where you're not thinking or doing anything. Beautiful. And the more you do it, the more you just want to go to that space. It's like a mind hammock. Oh, I love it. Isn't it? Just beautiful. Ah, resting delicious yes. place and just yeah. one other thing if I may because it's not a mm. it's not a practice that I do at set times in the day but that is just finding appreciation and finding joy in small things reminding myself every day to find appreciation in the lunch that my my boyfriend's made for me or my fiance should I call him now <laughs> recently engaged you know finding, yeah. finding joy in my new pillows finding joy in the cup of tea that I'm sharing finding joy in whatever it might be because I think too often we do this we do a gratitude practice that's that's what I do every single day and I teach my clients that but so often we can we can make that more about writing and again it's that tick box exercise where we're writing down what it is we're grateful for we're not really feeling it and i think the most important thing is to to squeeze every last drop of appreciation out of your day and then you just get more and more and more of it so mm. that's something that we can all do you know appreciating yeah. our homes our children our our partners our pets but re like really being present in that moment and just really savoring it, like really, mm. really, if everything had a taste, what would it taste like? Like really enjoying that moment. Mm. Sprinkle that. Beautiful. Yeah. I often, um, I just have, I just sort of close my eyes and say thank you. So whenever something new comes in or whenever I'm feeling that, I just close my eyes and just say thank you. And, and it's not out loud. It's just in my head, but it's like a little note to, universal energy source energy whatever you want to call it whatever it means for you thank you for that i see that i feel yeah. that so important and yeah. read 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 go and like feel inspired to to pick up a, a a book get a recommendation from somebody and just start to open your mind and expand to new ideas i mean 
books are incredible we, we live in this age where you think yeah. everything's on instagram or youtube but actually oh my god just sitting down for half an hour and reading a chapter of a book and just going oh my goodness this is available to me so yes because when you think about it you're not going to get any new knowledge or new thoughts unless you put new stuff yeah. in you've got to you've got to put yeah absolutely i really love that analogy really love it <laughs> Find new stuff. Explore and be open to, to um, trying on new stuff. Always. There's no yeah. right or wrong. There's no right or wrong. Yeah. And, you know, saying yes to the invitation, whatever that, whatever. Absolutely. Your eyes lit up so I much. I know. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Just say yes. Just say yes. Yes. How great is that? Okay. okay I'm here. Yeah. So um, skinny dipping then, Ellie. <laughs> I'll see you down the beach in 20 minutes. I literally was just thinking about that. Maybe not nude, but definitely in a wetsuit. <laughs> I love it. Oh, thank you so much, Naz. And tell me, how can people um, find your work and how can they um, connect with you if they're interested in doing coaching? Oh, with that's you? a great, great question. Um, so I'm on Facebook usually. I'm not as much on Instagram, so I'm on Facebook. And I have a page called The Secret to Loving Life. So you can find me on there. My name is also completely unique. So if you just search Nasreen Elmarish on Facebook, it will come up with me. Um, and also I have a website, which is nasreenelmarish.com, which I'm sure we can put in the notes. And that's just, people can, people can book a call with me. People can look at some of my free training. They can find out how I work. Um, yeah, I'm just open to, to being contacted. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the She's Illuminated podcast, and I really hope that you've enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. If you did, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and we'll deliver each new episode directly to your device. And we'd love it if you'd leave a review to help us spread the love far and wide. And if you can't think of anything to write, then maybe just tap five stars and say it's the best podcast ever. Big love.